Science, exercise, nutrition, health, energy, passion. One year, no beer. This is the One Year No Beer podcast, where you will find all the latest tips, tricks, and hacks for a way to live better. Welcome to another epic always have to insert a new description word every week, uh, edition of the One Year No Beer podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Ruri Fairbairns. Today, I am joined by a Scott Pearson. Scott, very excited for this podcast, is an activist formerly known as the boy who drank too much. We'll have to ask him all about that who focuses on supporting to change the LGBT plus community's relationship with alcohol. After embarking on his own journey to give up alcohol, he has set his sights on creating Proud and Sober, a social and online platform that encourages open dialogue about booze and what it means to be alcohol free. Scott, thank you very much for joining us today. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's, um, it's a very weird time <laughs> at the moment, um, as we were just talking about a little bit before we kind of joined this call. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a very interesting time, but uh, I'm good. Yeah. Definitely been an interesting time. We're going to dig into lots of that. We'll have a good roundtable discussion of that. But before we do, give me a bit of background into uh, your journey, Scott. Yeah, so I... I'm actually, I looked at, I, I, I forget now how long it's been since I stopped drinking um, until I actually look at the date. Um, so I actually noticed this morning that it's, it's 20 months tomorrow, which is, um, yeah, closing in on two years, which in itself is just crazy to me. Like, I mean, I never, if you'd have said to me three years ago that within the year I would have been sober and, uh, and, and, and that would have been my future, I never would have believed you. Um, but yeah, I, I um, kind of always knew that, I had this niggling feeling that my drinking was holding me back and uh, I was making some quite poor life decisions when I was drinking. Um, Probably key to mention that I wasn't drinking every day. Um, I didn't end up in kind of like rehab or AA or anything like that. Um, It was very much an organic, I reached a point in my life where I realised that that drinking alcohol was just not serving me any any good anymore. and yeah, I, got, I think I got to about 25 and knew in my heart of hearts that I needed to stop, but I just had no idea how at 25 years old I was going to give up drinking. And uh, it took maybe two, two, two years to, for that to click, um, two to three years in fact. And, and yeah, by the time I hit 28 um, in, in the back end of that year, uh, I, I gave up and I just woke up one morning after way too many drinks the night before um and I knew that that was it like my body and my soul and my mind were all very aligned in in the fact that that was it now I was done um there wasn't anything left for me to do to be honest with alcohol I'd, I'd, I'd exhausted every possible avenue with it um and so yeah I, I made the decision on the 13th of October 2018 that that was it and here we are Yay! That's awesome. Well done. Good job. Um, so you were formerly known as the boy who drank too much. Mm, I was, yeah. <laughs> I, um, yeah, so, so when, I, when I first was trying to figure out how on earth I was going to kind of be in my 20s and not drink, I kind of went on to Instagram and discovered that there was uh, an incredible sober community online. Um, because that, that's the thing, right, is, is if you're not, 
if you're not the kind of drinker that needs to go to AA or AA isn't for you, then where is it that you go? So I, I went online and found that there was an incredible community there and to, to keep some anonymity because I wasn't ready to, to kind of be public about the fact that I'd gone sober because I wanted to keep it for me to begin with while I kind of looked after my kind of sobriety. Um, I joined under an alias of, as the boy who drank too much. And I don't, I don't talk about this often, but I actually thought of the name of that account whilst I was drunk, which is ironic in itself. Um, and created the account under the boy who drank too much and, and essentially operated under that, under that for, for about a year and two or three months or something online. Originally it was anonymous. And then over time I, I eventually started um, actually showing my face and kind of using that as a, uh, as a platform to speak more publicly about this journey, mainly because um, two reasons. I think a there aren't many uh, younger people that, or there are now, but there weren't, especially two years ago, that speak about what it's like to to be in your twenties and to stop drinking because we live in such an alcohol drenched culture. And also, there aren't many at all LGBT young people that talk about what it's like to to give up drinking and uh yeah and and that was kind of how it started and then over time i realized that actually i didn't want it to be about me so much anymore i wanted it to be more about everyone else because i'm bored of hearing my own story i want i want to hear other people's stories and create a space that any per any person specifically lgbt uh can can find someone to relate to on on the platform that i'm creating so that um they don't feel alone like i did when i first started Awesome. Great. And, uh, you know, um, everybody, I, I think, do you think that the LGBT community is more, is ahead of the curve when it comes to changing their relationship with alcohol or behind the curve when it comes to changing their relationship with alcohol? Behind, for sure. Yeah, Why do you think that is? Um, there's, there's a lot of research that's been done over the years that kind of links quite heavily and, and I'm sure you'll probably know this around maybe um, trauma and stuff like that around, and, and how that kind of interlinks with addiction mm-hmm. um, and and there's also a dimension for the LGBT plus community um, of, of, a, of, of an inherent shame that you carry because when you when you don't conform to a, a heteronormative society um, I mean I know that I had problems when I was growing up and I'm sure it's a lot easier now than it was um, when, when I was at school. But imagine if, if I was kind of 50 now, how, how my experience would have been at school. And you, you internalise a lot of that shame and you kind of con- contort yourself to fit into what you think that you need to be. And that means that you're not living your true self. And when you do that, you, I, I believe you create um, a lot of darkness and, and obviously the less you are yourself and uh, the, the kind of, you kind of scare yourself almost and, and, and lock yourself into this box and eventually lose yourself. And I think that that's most likely when people start to discover alcohol and drugs and other things that they can do to take their minds out of actually quite how unhappy they are. Mm. So I think there's, there's still a lot of work that needs to be done for the LGBT plus community. I mean, there's the whole community at, at vibe is founded around alcohol and drugs. That's, that's, 
that's kind of what it is. And, and by no means, I want to be clear, I'm not demonizing it because actually for those who can go and have a healthy relationship with it, it's actually a, a real amazing place of solace and, and, and pride. Um, but there is also that kind of dark underbelly that, that people need to be aware of. Well, well, well put. And why you, so I missed out the plus a couple of times there. And of course, um, I'm all about unveiling. I think we were both sharing this a minute ago. Um, realizing my ignorance, realizing my ignorance around racism, realizing my ignorance mm. around the LGBT plus community, etc. Now, I don't want to be ignorant, but I just haven't mm. been educated yet on these things. I haven't been either aware or my, I have, perhaps haven't been looking, just not realizing through my own actions or whatever. Anyway, so um, LGBT plus, of course, mm. the plus being an extra, we've talked about this, so you're better off to say, but QIA meaning queer, intersexual, and asexual, correct? Mm -hmm. I yeah. nailed it. <laughs> See how fast I learn. <laughs> and, and that's the thing, I think, um, kind of to your point there, like a lot of people aren't taught this stuff. And I think right now it's, it's such a prevalent conversation around that term ally and allyship. And um, it, this is something that I, I, I'm going to speak about on my own social media coming up soon, because I think that what we need to be really clear on is that allyship is universal. So if you understand the definition of an ally in terms of race, you also understand the definition of an ally for the LGBT community or the Jewish community. It, it's totally universal. So to be an ally is, is actually just to go and do the work, learn these things yourself. It's not up to anyone else to teach you um, to actually be willing to after you've learned those things and be knowledgeable speak up for those people because that's the most important part is I know that I've had experiences where people have shouted things at me across the street or said something to me on the tube or um get given me and an ex-boyfriend of mine like a real rough time when we were walking down the street before and no one said anything and it's you feel very alone in that moment and actually Allyship is a, is a communal effort. It's not, something, it's not something that I might not feel safe to be able to challenge someone, but hey, if everyone else around me actually said, you know what, no, that's not okay, you need to stop what you're saying, that's wrong, um, then eventually change will happen um, and it will start to permeate generations. And I think that's the thing that we need to get to is allyship right now. Right now we're in a period where a lot of people need to learn this stuff and they need to understand it, obviously specifically around race right now and I'm on my own journey. But it's okay to get it wrong. The point is that you're trying. Yeah. Um, as long as you're not being offensive. So obviously there are certain specific words for different communities that you should just never use. And if Agreed. you don't know them, then just go and learn them because you're just actually stupid if you haven't learned them by now. Yeah. Um, but, but outside of that, like just try, just try yeah. and, and challenge the way that things are done. And I mean, it's not easy. There are some really quite difficult conversations. And sometimes I know that I feel in certain situations like I'm, constantly having to call things out and I hate being that guy because actually it's quite annoying for me to have to keep doing it but actually it's important because only then will will generations below us understand what's right and wrong completely I think that you know learn and um, so that's really why um, since this has been so flagged up that I've been um, using our platform, our podcast, to have these conversations, obviously around being alcohol-free, but we're about living life better. And mm. it's live life better for all. 
for all. Exactly. Right? Live life better for all. So, and if that means that we need to have a conversation about race, let's have a conversation about race, which we did last week, and we will continue to to have these conversations. And I may blunder into it um, because you know I haven't been having these conversations. If I'm honest, mm-hmm. um, I just haven't been aware. Nowhere near as aware as I am getting myself now. So, as I go through this. Hopefully other, other people are picking up um, these ideas. And it is LGBT plus month this month, which is why, of course, we needed to get you on the podcast and be having this conversation as well. Mm. Um, and I think that the, the, you know, 100% learn and be willing to um, speak up. And I think this is really exciting. Yes, it's tough and difficult and pain and anguish, but I, I don't I don't see a conversation that's ever been had like that is being had right now. And I think, uh, hopefully, um, this is a chance, exactly as you just portrayed, for everyone, whether you are in any kind of minority uh, and you have felt um, suppressed and unable to speak out and unsupported, what's going on now specifically around racism, I think will have an impact or a ripple effect across all areas. Maybe I'm just a glass half full guy, but what do you think, Scott? No, no I absolutely agree. And I, and I think I, I, I spoke about this recently on a post that I did and, and kind of going back to that term of allyship. If, you, if, if anyone listening to this saw uh, an elderly person being mugged in the street, I, I'm 99.9% sure most of the people listening would, would do something about it. They would shout and scream or they would chase after the person that was doing it. They would take some form of action. And that is allyship. Um, and so I think we all have it in us to, to do what's being asked. It's just that actually the system that we've been raised in has stopped us from seeing the people that needed the help. Um, and so it's just so important that right now, like you say, I mean, God, it's been awful that we've had to go through a global pandemic to get to this point, because I do believe that had we not all been locked in our homes and not been able to do what we normally do, I, I know for sure I probably wouldn't have taken in the depth of quite how deep the situation currently in terms of race runs because I would have been running around at work and I would have been here, there and everywhere in London and not focusing on social media and the news as much as I have been. And so I do think that whilst coronavirus has been horrendous and obviously my condolences to anyone that's lost anyone, including, including some of my friends and family, um, it has stopped the world and made people go, hold on. That's not right. That, we can't let that go anymore. Um, and and I, know, I do think that, I, especially in terms of the Black Lives Matter movement as well, let's not forget that the Black Lives Matter movement was actually started by two queer black women. Um, and also when you think about the fact that I wouldn't have the rights that I have today as a gay man if it weren't for um, black trans um, and uh, black trans people and black trans sex workers in America. Um, like they're powerful people. It's incredible. And, and they need to be celebrated. And, and this movement today wouldn't be happening again if it wasn't for black queer people. So that's yeah. amazing. That's well, I mean, let's pay absolute respect to that. I think then that, that uh, what came to mind was really that the depth of oppression, because there is so much in that, the, the, the race perspective that for you to be black queer, that, that there is, uh, the force required to break through that and to be a voice would make a, a very compelling voice. Does that make sense? Um, mm-hmm. And so, and, and so, you know, it is in the action of the oppression 
that brings forward um, the rise. And I think that's I think that's definitely what we're seeing um, today. And I, you know, hundred percent supporting um, a fair a fair life for all. And the system is broken. And we're all looking at the system, going, the system is broken. But what do we do about it? Um, and um, hopefully, hopefully, there are some changes to come. Um, you know. I guess um, you've you've decided to create this platform specifically for the um, LGBT plus community. Why why is that important to you? Because when I was trying to do this, I found it really hard to find someone to relate to, and um, I think that this is where again a lot of people sometimes get a bit confused because because a platform is maybe aimed at black people or the black lives matter movement is just aimed at black people or my, my platforms geared specifically towards LGBT people. Some people would argue that that's not inclusive and the, the conversation that, that I would follow that or counter that with is that that's because all other platforms are geared to white cis gendered people. Um, and so we need to make sure that we're creating spaces that make other people feel um, included as a pathway to making sure that we're also doing the work to create, to, to, to work on the platforms that already exist and make sure that they're inclusive to everyone. But until we get to that point, we need to create specific spaces so that people feel more comfortable to have conversations and find people to relate to. Um, and so, yeah, Proud and Sober, I mean, it is for everyone, but, but in terms of the stories that I share on the actual site, um, they will only be from LGBT plus people um, because they are the people that are underrepresented in terms of in the sober community in general. Um, and I just think that it's really important that those voices are heard so that should there be younger or older LGBT plus people out there that, that need to get help, they can come onto that platform and they can find someone that's like them and relay and then maybe go on to find their their, their profile somewhere and, and maybe have a chat and, and that might change the, the way that they drink. Brilliant. I love it. Um, and, um, you know, I remember um, just sidestepping for a minute because we talked about how um, these traumatic experiences um, and then p potentially trauma being a greater factor in LGBT plus that then drives these addictive behaviors. Um, and certainly my experience from the LGBT community, and this might show my ignorance, so please shoot me down um, if I say anything ignorant, but uh, my experience living in London for 13 years, um, I used to love going to some of the gay clubs. Um, and uh, in fact, I met my master of ceremonies um, at fire, um, probably about three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> wow. I know fire is pretty special. Um, and, um, the thing about fire was, uh, you know, just, I mean, I actually remember meeting this guy in fire. He, he was there with his, um, girlfriend as I was there with my girlfriend, but he walked up to me. Our girlfriends were not there at the time. And, uh, my girlfriend now being my wife, of course. Um, and he said in a very Welsh accent, you're not gay, are you? And I was like standing on a podium at the time with no top on. And I was like, no, I'm not. And he was, he was like, come on, let's get a drink at the bar. Anyway, so um, he, we, 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 we hit it off. But obviously the clubbing community, LGBT, in my experience, very club party um, lifestyle, that 
you know, that can become very ingrained in your identity. Mm-hmm. So first of all, before I carry on, do you agree that it's very clubbing lifestyle um, for the LGBT community? I think, yes, it's easy to get into that. And yeah. I did, for sure. So I know fire well. I spent many a weekend there in my early 20s. <laughs> I like how um, you said weekend, because fire, in case you don't know fire, you can spend the weekend there. Oh, yeah. You, you, yeah, <laughs> you I could would, arrive would, on Friday and depart on Sunday morning. Yeah, Monday morning, some weeks for me. Um, yeah, it was, um, it, fire is an experience it that I experience. would def- I'm, I'm glad I did, but I would never choose to go back. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, th- there is definitely that part of it, but I do, I do think that over the, over the course of the last few years, especially, I mean, a lot of the scene has actually closed down. So, um, I think fire is there, but there aren't many other clubs that are around in boxes anymore specifically. Right. Um, so yes, I do think you can get caught up in it, but I do think that equally there also needs to be space for, um, there is a newer generation of LGBT plus people that come, that are coming through and are maybe more, um, level headed, maybe. Yeah. Um, I would, well, society I would is hope. shifting. So, society is. Yeah. Millennials are choosing, I mean, going a lot, social media have, have of course changed that, right? Um, and mm. um, getting photographed, um, not looking so well um, at that time in the morning, not ideal. Um, so lots of those things, but not just that, it's also choosing to, uh, I guess, um, acceptance and being more accepted in a more lifestyle fashion. Um, Absolutely. I think there's, there's way more representation now of what a, a normal and in inverted commas relationship. And I don't mean normal as in man and woman. I mean, normal as in just a healthy relationship yeah. um, that you can have. There's more representation of that for LGBT plus people now in the mainstream media. Whereas if you took, went back even 15 years for me, um, the only people that were on TV when I was growing up was maybe Paul O'Grady um, and a yeah. couple of other gay men. And, and there is, there's, there hasn't, it's over the last maybe 15 to 20 years that we've started to have narratives in like mainstream soaps and magazines. Mm. And in general, there is just, there's a representation now. So as a younger LGBT person, I can grow up and see oh, actually, that's, that's what my future can look like. I can get married to a man and I can adopt children and that can be my, my, my ending. Whereas previously that wasn't an option and it was never told or shown to people. All you were ever shown was that actually you can go to clubs and you can party and you need to keep yourself underground because you're not safe. Yeah. And so there's been such a shift. Uh, uh, fantastic (laughs) it's so much more acceptable so much more um normalized not anywhere near there yet i imagine i mean even for myself i have double taken when i've seen and i can think about this i've double taken when i've seen two men holding hands walking down the street um Mm -hmm. and um and 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 had a double look and then if i if i reflect on myself again um sorry it's not all about me but hopefully people resonate with some of this you know i might have used words in a sort of description faction for instance putting myself out there like oh that's so gay um now the question to you is how offensive is that i that i have to say is one that makes my blood boil that is that one if I heard that in a workplace, I would file a formal complaint. Yeah. Um, because you're using the term gay to denote something derogatory. Yeah. And, 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 you're, and by saying that, um, 
you're denoting my existence as a gay man. You're actually saying that, that as a gay man, I exist, but actually it's a negative thing. Yeah. Um, and so whilst, don't get me wrong, I, I've heard it multiple occasions over the years. Um, that's an example of where quite rightly, you've obviously acknowledged that maybe it's not the right thing, but just uh, like by asking someone like me whether that's appropriate or not, you now have the answer. So now if you choose well, to Well, that's why it, I wanted then, to ask it. You're that's... on your own. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, that, but that's exactly the thing because it's like not even, not even realizing. And so be, the awareness is the first mm. step for change. Just like changing a relationship with alcohol, the awareness 100%. is the first step. And, and by the way, we have the same oppression with changing our relationship with alcohol. Not the same. Of course it's not the same. We don't have anywhere near as much. But you have that same thing. What's wrong with you? Why are you not drinking? Um, just have one drink. I didn't realize you didn't drink. Don't invite that person because they're not drinking. Um, uh, whatever these things are. But just coming back into, uh, I'm not getting away. So um, are there, uh, give me a couple of these other insights that make your blood boil that you hear on a regular occasion where you feel that, that it's sort of creating, because this is exactly the conversation we're having right? What we're having mm -hmm. is, is that the normalization in our language and the way we behave in our system, right, of demoting or demoralizing another group. For right? sure, yeah. yeah. I think, and this is where it's, so because obviously there's a lot of, there's been a lot of chat over the last few years around this kind of snowflake generation and, and I would fall by definition into that. Um, but there's a, there's a negativity that's, that's come with, with that kind of, that label in that um, we're oversensitive and don't get me wrong, I do believe that some things have gone maybe slightly too far, um, but there are also room, but, there, but we do also need to hold space for the fact that these are actually people's feelings um, and I think it's just really important. So when you, in terms of my own experiences, um, there are things that get my goat specifically are kind of, there's an automatic assumption, especially, um, with, uh, kind of straight cis women that, um, gay men automatically love shopping or talking about hairstyles or, anything that's remotely flamboyant or could, could fall into the category of female. Um, and so quite often if people or some people find out that you're gay, um, the first thing that will fall out of their mouth is, Oh my God, we can go shopping together or, Oh my God, I've always wanted a gay best friend. And it's like, mm, well, that's just ridiculous. Like you wouldn't say, Oh my God, I've always wanted a black friend or, Oh my God, I've always wanted an Asian friend. <laughs> Like these, that's not who I am. It's so it's, it happens to be my sexuality, but that, that doesn't define who I am as a person. So no, I think you're a bit of a twat and I'm not going to go shopping with you <laughs> um, <laughs> is, is normally my response. Um, but yeah, I think when you, and that, and those examples are, and, and again, language that we're probably seeing quite commonly at the moment is that they're, they're forms of microaggression. So they're mm. forms of language that keep, um, they continue a narrative that, that, is, that is derogatory or negative towards a, a minority of people. Absolutely. Um, so what is in the plan for Proud and Sober going forwards? So 
we've been sharing like kind of real life stories um, for the last couple of months uh, and we've got some great people coming up, um, which is really exciting. But I think the next phase for the, for the site um, and for the platform in general is going to be more around creating um, some more content that educates and inspires and uh, kind of lets people find other things to relate to so i think obviously it's great to relate to a person and a story but i think that there's also room and space that needs to be created for lgbt plus people to maybe write their thoughts on uh yoga or whatever it is that's going on in their life um, and i'd like to get some some people to contribute to that so it won't be content specifically written by me it'll be a varied group of people and voices so that um it starts to become a, a place where there's lots of nourishing content for people Brilliant. I absolutely love it. Well done. What an inspiring um, uh, project to be doing. Well done. Great work. Um, and then in terms of anyone on the fence about their alcohol-free journey or um, changing their relationship with alcohol, what are your top recommendations? My recommendations are keep, keep going because it's not a one-size-fits-all. It will happen overnight. I mean, I know when I kind of described my story, I said that I just woke up one day, but that was after maybe four or five years of kind of back and forth with my own um, thoughts. Um, and I did two dry Januaries and then like two years after that, it stuck. So I think just keep going is, is the main thing, but also immerse yourself in um, and surround yourself with people that have either been there and, and know what's going on um, so that you don't feel alone. Or it, it, like engage with content like podcasts like this, or um, there are loads of um, amazing people on Instagram to follow that, that share incredible resources, um, and just kind of dip your toe in the water and slowly but surely, I believe uh, if if you're if it's going to happen for you, then by doing that, you'll 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 get there. Awesome, good advice. Um, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast today. Keep doing the great work that you're doing, and um, thanks. Thank you. for listening to the one year no beer podcast for a full list of episodes and to join in the challenge yourself head on over to oneyearnobeer.com oneyearnobeer.com